Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. say sorry to everybody here that uh, we had some technical gremlins which I think is all down to the fact that I hadn't rebooted my laptop in days and it laptop was just tired uh, but we're all a bit tired and haggard at the moment Annabelle um, how are you <laughs> dealing with the weather well I'm a bit shiny apologies for the, uh, the gleaming face here uh, yeah I mean it's boiling my husband's from Seville in Spain so I should have been used to this but I- I'm not I've been in the paddling pool half the day with my kids <laughs> so how how has your lockdown been um one thing which a lot of you you are archers actors have actually said is that you still be man you still manage to work because you fundamentally a lot of you actually do a lot of voice work so yeah how's your lockdown been and um, i've talked my way into me embarrassing myself by you saying oh my god royfield i've had no work at all no <laughs> the first month i didn't the first month was a sudden shock to the system when i was 24-hour homeschooling my two primary school-aged children. And the highs and lows would come that come with that were, you know, pretty extreme. Um, but we managed. Um, but it was only in that first month, you know, you're just getting used to all being together in the same house for the first time in ages. And uh, my husband, the teacher, was delivering live Spanish classes. Uh, and then suddenly the BBC sent this kit. 
and uh, and then I was doing some other voice work and I did some other audio drama. I worked for a company called Big Finish. They produced lots of the um, Doctor Who audio dramas, so I did a bit of that. Mm-hmm. And then and then I did the Archers. Uh, so yeah, it's been nice to have that. Um, uh, and I, I took on one job actually, not even realizing the, the remit. I I got called by an old theatre director friend who's now directing theatre directors on a course. And he said, um, I need some professional actors to be directed via Zoom um, by some trainee theatre directors. It's an hour a day just for a week and then you all perform your pieces at the end of the week. So I thought, great, I can fit in that around the kids. And then I, I totally, I, I, I was so anxious to get work at the beginning of lockdown. I just said, yeah, 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 fine, I'll do it. I didn't actually read the whole email. Mm-hmm. It was six hours a day being directed. So it was two hours, 9.30, you're doing the importance of being earnest, Lady Bracknell, 15 minutes off. Then you're doing a Woody Allen sketch with another director calling in from China. Then with another actor calling in from Brazil, all on Zoom being directed all day, all week. Wow. I mean, my, my kids didn't see me. It was brilliant fun. It was like being back in drama school and then performing the show from my living room on the Friday with you know, having to switch the video off, change costumes, get into another outfit, um, change characters. But it was actually, that was probably one of the best jobs I've done this lockdown. It was fantastic. I wasn't expecting to do that. So it was nice. Do you think um, this whole experience with actors being able to work remotely, and not, not just talking about the archers here, but like specifically, you know, voice actors having studios at home. I know you had a studio at home before, but to do things like what you just did, will are going to change the industry kind of going forward? Do you think there'll be like more on auditions online, et cetera, et cetera? I, I mean, people, for TV and film, it's very usual to do self-tapes anyway. And I just think mm. there'll be more of that. Uh, I think... Uh, I mean, I do voiceovers for Sky TV sometimes. I have to go all the way out to near Osterley, West London. And I've done a few jobs for them from home, which frankly sound pretty much the same, I think, quality wise. So you never know. They might start using people at home rather than calling them in. I, I mean, I don't think companies like Sky will suffer, obviously, but small little production companies that rent out their studios, they might suffer, you know. So I don't know. I think... Uh, but the BBC and radio drama will, will not want to carry on like this, obviously, and they will want to get actors together in a studio again as soon as they can, you know. But I didn't have a home studio before. I'd never, I'd never oh, set one up. No, 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 never, no. So um, it was only when the BBC sent the mic and the gear and all that, that that I set it up. And I still don't have it set up. I have to. I need like 10 minutes to get it all over my daughter's wardrobe, stick a mattress on one side, duvet on the other and then take it all down so she can go to sleep at night. <laughs> but yeah, it takes a while. You're stunningly wasted on, on, on radio. And that's not just me being an old kind of flirty host and whatever. You gesticulate a lot. Because obviously I've oh, met you yeah. a couple of times now. There's the, the first Dumpty Dum Awards. Then you did a Dumpty Dum Live with us. I don't remember all this hand waving. Really? I'm married married to a Spaniard, they gesticulate the whole time. And I'm a northerner, so I think we probably do gesticulate more. How have you found the the gear change between um, the old way of working, you know, going up to the mailbox, being in that studio with your pals, with your muckers, to getting the script and talking into the microphone? Do, Do you feel that, like, you're still portraying... Kirsty Miller, do you still feel like you're doing the arts or does this feel like something else? No, I still I still 100% feel like Kirsty Miller because I think, because you know the character so well, I've been playing her for so many years, you can just slip into that straight away. I think um, uh, the whole experience, obviously, is totally different. And part of the joy for me of doing the arches is the the whole 
camaraderie with with my pals, the whole chat in the green room, all the banter. Uh, and actually, for me, since becoming a mother, um, it's getting away. It's my holidays to Brum, you know, getting on the train, grabbing a coffee, texting another mate to see if they're on the same train, going up, having a catch up, staying the night in a hotel, going to the cinema by the mailbox in Birmingham. I mean, it's a treat for me now. I think when I started in the Arches in my 20s, um, you know, sometimes I go, oh, God, I've got to go up to Birmingham today for one ep. But now I'm like, yeah, bring it on. I'll go for one ep. I'll stay two nights for one ep. I don't mind. So I miss that. That's what I miss, you know. I mean, working from home has its benefits as well, obviously. And um, and it's I've just been so grateful to still be able to work during all this. But uh, but I will be, I'm very much looking forward to going back to Birmingham. It's not many people say going to Birmingham is a holiday. <laughs> I'm, I'm a proud Brummy. I'm a proud son of, of this city. But and even I will say that's generally a stretch for most people. Oh, you know, you've got the everyman cinema and you've got all the restaurants on the canal. Sun comes out, you have a nice little drink outside. <laughs> well, 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 this is the thing. I, when We've done two Dum De Dum lives in Brum now. And generally, some people come up for the whole weekend. And people that haven't been to Birmingham in a long time are always stunned. They'll go, oh my God, it's not how I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, so. I mean, I, I worked in Birmingham when I just left drama school. Before I was in the Archers, I did a play at Birmingham Rep. Mm. And um, well, my, I've got family from Birmingham. My grandparents met at the Cadbury's factory. They worked for Cadbury's. And so, uh, and then they moved to Merseyside after the war. But um, yeah, they, so we had family and cousins in Birmingham for years. But I don't, didn't know Birmingham and I stayed in Mosley and Diggs and and worked at the Birmingham Rep. And and then I got work in radio drama through that, actually. And then through the radio drama, got the job in the Arches. Um, but I, I still, I mean, I, I don't like driving, so I always get the train up. And I've no idea, all the flyovers and all that, I don't like all that through Birmingham. But but this, the city centre's great and it's great for shopping and it's good for theatre and cinema. But I mean, when we'll get to go back to those theatre and cinemas, I don't know. That, that that's mm. a very good point so um we have to go all the way back right and on all by the way i need to quickly say thank you everybody for reminding me to switch on youtube but i had switched it on so thank you kerry warbis uh, my partner in crime and all oh, crumbs was it laura jackson that said uh, tell him to switch on youtube so i said hello to everybody on youtube um you came when you came into the show um Obviously, we talked about this before, but there's going to be a lot of people who won't have heard that conversation before. What were you told Kirsty Miller was, was going to be? Very little. I was just told she was Tom Arch's girlfriend, um, that they were a bit of a, they're an eco warrior duo and they'd been trashing some GM crop fields. Um, and that was it. And I think I was given four episodes, and you don't get told any more than that, really. And they said to me, we don't want her sounding, you know, or or she's not from round here, but they didn't want her sounding posh. Uh, and I, I think they, they didn't want to, you know, to sound too regionally specific. Uh, so so at, bizarrely, they wanted me to use my own voice, which I was not used to doing because I'd been doing lots of other radio drama and I was always being told, you know, either go Scouse or get rid of all Northernness and go RP for Agatha Christie's and stuff. I was always used to doing different accents. So it's the first time ever I'd used my natural voice, which was weird um, at first. And I actually, when I'm doing a part, I, accent and voice is, is the whole thing for me, actually. It's how I get into the character. So not having a different voice or accent made it harder for me at first to get into Kirsty. But then 
obviously, as the years go by, you do. You have no choice. And at what point? But they say you're here for four episodes, then, you know, dare I say, you must have been killing it because those four episodes have lasted for, what, some 21 years. So at what point did you go, crumbs, I, I, this isn't just a four-episode four gig, is it? I think, uh, you know, I can semi-rely on getting some work. Well, honestly, I don't think I did think. I, I think you just wait month by month, you get told how, how many eps you've got, episodes you have for the next month, and there'll be months where you don't get any. You know, they check your availability and you don't get anything. So anything, oh God, am I coming back? And I think I told you this before, in the early days, I was, I had a temping job. I used to work at London Tourist Board and I used to work in the post room, franking the post and putting it into, into people's pigeonholes and all that. And I had my own little room and I had a radio on. And I used to go up and do the arches and then I'd come in the next day and I'd listen to the arches on the radio while I was doing my work. And I remember hearing one time, it was when we were all doing a, one of the Gilbert and Sullivan's in the early days, uh, I heard Tom Archer snogging another woman, Lauren or someone. I just thought, oh, my God, no one's told me. No one's told me he's got another girlfriend. I thought, well, this is it. This is it. I'm out. I'm out. And it turned out that was all the beginning of Tom two-timing Kirsty or some sort of Christmas storyline, and I was back in. But you don't know, and you can be out for months and then suddenly get a call and go back in again. So you never depend on it. And each year, when each time we get a new editor, they might have a totally different opinion of your character. And that's happened with me. Storylines have, have totally changed and done U-turns with a new editor. So you just mm. have to think, when I'm in, I'm in, and make the most of it and enjoy it because you just don't know what's going to happen. But here's the thing, and again, we're going to touch on a theme which I know I've said to you before, right? But Kirsty Miller per se, her storylines are generally to do with her partner, aren't they? Generally have been. So... In that way, I can only but imagine if you're a, a job in actor that, you know, you do feel incredibly like, you know, on tenterhooks, uh, you know, so to speak. So it's obviously a testament to you that you've been able to translate um, the, the writer's um, voice of Kirsty and actually make her into a, a fan favourite and, and almost an indispensable non-archers character of the archers. Yeah, that's it. Because, I mean, you think I'm not an archer. It mm. would be very easy to get rid of me. And I certainly thought, uh, even though... I, the, I think the big turning point for me was I'd been in the show for years, but where, but in and out and, and often just on the receiving end of conversations. And you you read scripts, you think anyone could be saying this, really. I'm just feeding lines to another character who's got a big storyline. And I had quite a lot of that. Because I think it was difficult for the writers to give Kirsty big storylines because she wasn't related to any of the main characters. And... You know, if anything happened to her parents, no one's going to really care. They don't know them. And it was only when um, Tom left Kirsty at the altar that we really felt for her and really saw her sort of fury and her strength. And and that led then. I think the writers probably sort of went, oh, OK, we've seen a new side to Kirsty. Now we can give her this and this. And I think that sort of spurred things on a bit. But however, when, when Kirsty left Ambridge to go off for... Costa Rica and then she disappeared for up north for six months or whatever I thought they're not going to bring her back why would they bring her back she would never she would never go back to Ambridge and I'm sure lots of the listeners think that but thank god she did because that you know that created more drama again with tension with Tom and Helen and everything um so uh and, and I remember one of the directors saying no we do need characters like Kirsty in it who aren't members of the 
the, the archers family or the other main families we need non-archers people to be key characters so it, you know it's been like that since but you never know you just don't know and you and i mean even last year i was out of it for a few months just because other people's storylines you know they just there's so many characters they can't have everyone in it all the time i'm going to disagree with you slightly you said it was only when you had this the, the, the scream you know <laughs> that uh, people went oh crumbs I, I like a bit of Kirsty. you know she, she's got some gravitas i actually think it was um when you were with the sausage king in, in the 2000s and he was messing you about and then he goes off with the woman from um from the supermarket yeah i think that's when people actually really really felt for you because also they're saying why is she with him anyway because he's yeah he's yeah yeah extremely one-dimensional the you know he's so just focused on his business and you know expanding his sausage empire and and people were like why is she with him because she's nice so I think we'd actually had the emotional payoff right. years before when you then you get back together with Tom and then you, you let out that guttural wail at, uh, at St. Stephen's. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we had the whole Tom and Kirsty going to Glastonbury and they got back together there again and she sort of saved the day with his sausages and helped him out of the stall and fallen about. Oh, well, you have to say that one more time. What was it? What was it? Sausages. Sausages. Uh, <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, you've you come back. You've come back. Hello. Yeah. So, you know, we had the Glastonbury storyline and and then and then I think then Kirsty started getting involved as well in all the uh, the Christmas shows. And so that's fun because you get more interaction with other characters and that's always fun to show another side of your character. Now, um, Ms. Dowler, um, people have come, uh, spent, spent spending their Friday evening with you, uh, not just because they want to see what, what your home decoration is like, mm -hmm. though, you know, it's a, ooh, look at her wallpaper. Uh, <laughs> so, but also they want to do uh, the dum de dum quiz, right? Oh. So, but, and I say this every week, no pressure. I'm well, going to say no pressure. You're but not giving me a dum de dum quiz. No, 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 but you can oh play God. along with it. So do. if you need to get pencil and, and, and paper. Oh, I do, uh, I do. All right, you, you go and do that because I, I need to address uh, the mass dum de dummers and say that, as always, I, I messed up last week. And I messed up, folks, because I forgot to um, see who'd, what scores you all got last week. Hello, uh, Catherine Richards and the little one. Uh, uh, oh, hello, Kerry Warbis with your lippy. Hello, Steve. Uh, Kerry, I'm going to unmute you in, in the second half so you can ask uh, Annabelle uh, some questions too. D don't be shaking your head. Nod. Uh, hello, uh, uh, Christina. Uh, I think you're new. I don't remember seeing you before. Hello, I I'm waving. And hello, Jane, up there in Newcastle land. So what I didn't do last week, everybody, was ask people, hello, Claire Asprey, is how many, uh, how, many um, how many votes, how many questions you got right. So... Um, I think there were eight questions last week, right? Uh, did anybody get all eight? And I know Claire Asprey didn't. So um, if you got all eight last week, um, give, give us a wave. Jan Mitchell, I thought you'd have got all eight. I thought you'd have aced it, Jan, over there in, in Vancouver. I'm um, looking at the second page. If you got seven, give, give us a wave or a thumbs up. Oh! Walter Gabriel's ghost. All right, uh, you're up, sir. Um, <laughs> go for it. Well done to you. Yeah. 
Uh, Walt Gamer's elephant, actually. Oh, sorry, elephant. Um... It's, it's Stephen here. I, I I posted a question in um, the Fleck app, which oh, I might ask later on. You're you're the Stephen Bowden. I am. Lovely to meet you, sir. Your question, you'll have to ask your question later. We, we've got absolutely, you absolutely. here on Zoom, so uh, don't waste opportunity, but props to you, sir. Big ups that, that you did that. And by the way, um, the question that was wrong was Claire Asprey's fault. She told me that um, uh, that, the, that the relationship between Lizzie and, uh, and Roy was consummated at the Isle of Wight Festival, so blame her. It wasn't, it was at Greenfields. So... Claire Asprey. Right now, we're coming on to the quiz questions, folks. It's uh, it's that important crumbs. All right, so uh, that's not decided not not to load. So let's go one more time. We've had a nightmare here today, and I'm so <laughs> sorry, folks. So, um, yeah, we we have we have no quiz questions because the, the the screen won't share. Let's try it one more time. This did happen when we had. Uh, Terry Malloy on and then it managed to uh, fix itself right I'm gonna give this one last go and if it doesn't work right okay all right so you're gonna have to have me read out uh, the uh, the Annabelle Dowler round questions folks I'm so sorry about this which means there's gonna be no pitch around so uh, here we go let's go through these questions and number one where has Kirsty not worked? Is it A, Jack's Bar, B, Ambridge Organics, or C, in the Village Shop? I'll read these again. Where has Kirsty not worked? A, at Jack's Bar, B, at Ambridge Organics, or C, at the Village Shop? That is question number one. Um, what year were Tom and Kirsty arrested for crop damage? Now, if you've been paying attention to what Annabelle has said um, so far, you'll get this. Uh, was it A, 1999, B, 2005, or was it C, 2010? So even if you didn't actually know this, you've been paying close attention to our chat so far, you can work this out. Was it 1999? Was it 2005 or was it 2010? After her first breakup from Tom, who did Kirsty date? Was it A, Sam Batten, B, Jasmine McCreary, or C, Christopher Hunky Blacksmith Carter? So, after her first breakup from Tom, who did Kirsty have a snuggle to with? Was it Sam Batten, Jasmine McCreary, or C, Christopher Waterhunk Carter. Question number four. What year did Tom first jilt Kirsty? All right, so he's, he's given around the houses as, as, as Tom Archer. Was it in 2005, 2010, or was it 2015? So is it 2005, 2010, or was it 2015? And then the last question was after Kirsty's gut-wrenching scream at the altar, what did Joe Grundy say at the end of that episode? <laughs> was it A, I knew it would never last, but dum-de-dum-de-dum-de-dum. Was it B, that scream could be remixed into a cheesy dance hit? Or was it <laughs> C, where are we going to get our dinner now? 
Those, those, those answers again. Was it A, I knew it would never last, but, and then we faded it out to the music. Was it B, because Joe Grundy was a big one for, for his uh, early house music. So this one, this, probably this one, number B, letter B, sorry. That scream could be remixed into a cheesy dance hit. Or was it C, where are we going to get our dinner now? So those are the questions for the Annabelle Dowler round. And hopefully, hopefully, folks, um, we will, um, my computer will start to play and we'll be able to do the pitch round before we have to say goodbye to, to Annabelle. Um, Annabelle. Yeah. Um, you talked about, you know, this kind of strength and the ballsiness. Uh, of our uh, of our Kirsty, sorry, and that you put it down to, of at least for you, you kind of realise that the character is coming into its own um, after you got jilted. You really played a really pivotal role, didn't you, um, through the whole Helen and Rob storyline? Was that one of your favourite storylines to be involved mm -hmm. in? Yeah, well, I think I think it was an amazing storyline. Um, can you still hear me? Yep. Yeah, you can. Um, it was because it went on for such a long time in real time. So it was just really good to play, you know, how Helen and Kirsty's friendship was rekindled and then how Kirsty little by little started noticing changes in her best friend, how she really did not hit it off with Rob. And we had the comedy with that when they were sort of playing opposite each other in the village show, which was, you know, Fun, but then it turned out she saw a darker side to Rob. She was the first one to pick up on that. Right to the end when she was, you know, trying to get Helen to ring the health help helpline. And then she was there for the actual stabbing and 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 saved Rob's life, basically. Because if she hadn't been there, Rob would have died. You know, she called the ambulance. Um, so there was so much to that storyline over, you know, a two-year period, right up to the trial at the end, which was also fantastic to play out. And, I, you know... It was it was a very important storyline and it, it was a fantastic one just you know purely from an acting point of view um so yeah that was a, i think it was a really pivotal point in in sort of kirsty's journey as we've seen her so far just because i think i think the listeners sort of you know they might have been frustrated with her in the past for not standing up against tom or whatever but i think there they really respected her and saw her as this amazing strong character and friend to helen what do you what is Kirsty's kryptonite do you think what is her achilles heel her, her weak point you know we've talked about the fact that the character that you've the character has grown on us as listeners and she doesn't take any nonsense so it's going to be very interesting to see where the current storyline is going to yeah. go with uh with your slave driver of a future future husband yeah, yeah. um but you know what is Kirsty Miller, 2020, what's her weak point, would you say? Well, I, I mean, looking back on stuff, I would say she's always giving, she's always listening, she's always ready to give advice to other people, but she doesn't really open up herself that much, you know. Um, she, you know, we saw, and, and, and with what she went through with the miscarriage, she kept everything bottled in, bottled up for so long. And she doesn't like to rely emotionally on other people. She wants to be seen as strong and coping on her own, and it's okay um and i mean this i think this possibly now is a tricky one because I, I know so many of the listeners will be frustrated that she's not picking up on stuff that she's not seeing who philip really is 
But in fairness, there's not been that many clues for her. And I think if she, there's a couple of things that myself, Annabelle would think, oh, come on, you must have seen this. Or why haven't you questioned more about that? But I think when you look at what she's been through, uh, I think you choose to see or not see certain stuff. I mean, when she's beaten it, you can't underestimate what she suffered being dumped at the altar like that and what it did to her confidence and everything, a whole life just trampled on, crashed, you know, in one mm. one awful, you know, 10 minutes. Um, and to come back from that and then, you know, get together with Tom briefly again, even if it was just that one night, but then for that to lead on to the pregnancy and then the her realisation she didn't want to be with him, but that she would parent alone and to, ha- to have the strength to do that and then to lose the baby so late. I mean, she really has been through a hell of a lot and she doesn't talk about it much. She doesn't bring it up much. And I think she keeps a lot in because I think if she let it all out, she- she'd crack. Um, and I think with Philip, therefore, she's got this strong man in her eyes. He's a strong man. He's old. He's mature. He's not needy like Tom was. He's not, he hasn't sort of been undenied about her. He hasn't dumped her and then got back together with her. He's solid. And so she doesn't want to see anything breaking that. And you can understand that. So I, I can see that maybe her fault is now that she's been slightly blind to some, some, there's been the odd thing, you know, possibly him driving to Norfolk. Why did she not question that he hadn't told her about that before? Why did she not question him more about Gavin and the laptop in the wardrobe? But who knows? Maybe this is all going to come out later. I do not know. Mm. It's interesting when you, when you talked about uh, Helen, or at least um, when you talked about Kirsty's strengths, because I did kind of contrast it with Helen. And you're almost like yin and yang, considering you're supposed to be busy mates and stuff. And you talked about uh, the pregnancy and the fact that you lost that child. And, and I was really kind of quite excited for that storyline because I thought we're going to have some real kind of modern parenting here. You know, two two adults that um, are facing up to their responsibilities and going to care for a child, but not actually be together. You know, and I suppose we now have that with with Pip and and yeah. Toby, but I thought yeah. that's going to be you and Tom. But but um, I'm so sorry about this. You'd think I'd actually switch off my um, my my phone, everybody. Uh, there we go. Um, and it's totally thrown me now. Uh, the fact that I had to turn off my, my volume. Uh, but what, do you think that's the, the, the key reason why um, you and Helen, that was it? Because you, t- so Kirsty was incredibly stoic about the losing the pregnancy. We could see when she was going to work that really she hadn't kind of got over that and stuff, but she did bottle it up. And then finally, then it came out. Whereas... If this was Helen, this would have been a constant inner and outer dialogue, wouldn't it? And I think we've lost Annabelle. Um, if you can hear me, everybody, can you just wave? Yeah, I think Annabelle's internet um, is gone. Um, so, uh, until she logs back on, um, Walter Gabriel's elephant, Stephen Bowden. Uh, do you want to unmute yourself, sir? Um, why are you Walter Gabriel's elephant? What's the significance of, of that handle? It came up in the, uh, the Pages of Triptych. Well, please, um, I haven't listened to all of the episodes yet. So uh, Nigel just mentioned in passing that Walter mm. 
um, had suddenly acquired an elephant, and then the elephant had suddenly acquired a baby, uh, and then it had suddenly disappeared with no explanation. Um, the elephant was called Rosie, by the way, and the baby was called Tiny Tim. This was quite a while ago. Um, Can you hear me, Royfield? We have you back, Annabelle. I don't, know, I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. It just you froze, and I couldn't see or hear you. Yeah, your, your internet went down. But no, listen, don't worry. Walter Gabriel's elephant uh, entertained us in, in your absence, uh, and he told us where he got where he got the name from. So, so that was that was brilliant. <laughs> so, what I was wittering on to say was, um, you and Helen Archer. The friendship, is it because fundamentally you are opposites? You are stronger than her in the traditional sense. She's much more obviously angsty and worries about the way that she's perceived. Where Kirsty just doesn't, does she? Kirsty just like, this is what I believe, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of kind of do it. Is that at the heart of that relationship? I, th I think it is. I mean, and they're from very different backgrounds, really. You know, Helen's from this sort of posher farming background. Kirsty's from... I would say, uh, you know, a lower middle class or middle class background in the Wirral, um, Merseyside. So they're very different. Um, but I, I think they 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 became very close because she was the, her her boyfriend's sister for you know mm -hmm. fifteen years, and she's been through so much with Helen. So it doesn't matter that they're incredibly different personalities. They've just been through a lot together, and and especially, I mean. What, being together in that, you know, horrendous stabbing incident, that, that cements you for life, doesn't it? Absolutely. The, the, I'd kind of forgotten that you and Brenda, Brenda Tucker, uh, were, were super close back yeah. in the day. Um, one of the lovely things which, you know, after the, after the scream, what I thought was really nice was the fact that you were frozen out, or at least you felt incredibly uneasy, and so did... Um, the Brookfield, not the Brookfield, sorry, the Bridge, the Bridge Farm Archers with you. That was incredibly realistic. And of course, in real life, you'd have just got the hell out of Ambridge. You'd never come back, would you? Yeah, of course. But I do think I like the fact that Pat and Tony had a real affection for Kirsty mm. and still do. You know, I think they still do. And, and uh, Natasha is so different to Kirsty. So uh, obviously they've adopted her now as their daughter-in-law. Uh, but I think... I think Pat particularly will always have an affection for Kirsty. You know, they, they, she was there, they, she was part of the family for so long. Uh, absolutely. Now, at this point, um, Annabelle, I throw out the uh, speaking cudgels to uh, the great dum de dum or the great mass of dum de dummers Hello, Maggie Dawesman. I don't think we've been formally been introduced before. Yes, I'm looking at you. Oh, I like, I, I like your scarf. Very cool. Oh, Nick and Neil. Uh, uh, are coming in uh so if you have a question for our annabelle um why don't you wave and you will be called upon all right walter gabriel's elephant it's your second time to shine on the episode sir there you go annabelle um dumpty dummers all know that royfield was incredibly smug when um it was revealed that philip moss was a um up to no good with his um modern slavery epic. Um, when did you, Annabelle, not Kirsty, first discover what Philip was really like and how did you react? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny because we, um, the, the actor who plays Philip, Andy, was called into the boss's office one day and we were chatting with him, oh my God, something's going on here. Because um, uh, he said there's going to be a big storyline this year. And, um, and he said, oh, don't worry, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I said, look, you might not be allowed to tell me. And he went in and he was in there for ages. 
and he came back into the green room and he just went, I'm really sorry. And I went, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, I know you can't. And he said, I, I, you know, I would tell you, but I just can't. I've, I've been sworn to secrecy. So then, of course, I had to see him, you know, month after month. But I think it was two months. And, and we'd be guessing. And, and Gareth, who plays Gavin as well, he didn't know. And we'd be thinking, what is it? What is it? Is it this? Have you got a second life? Have you got another wife and child? Uh, we were thinking of so many things. But the one thing we did not guess was... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh-oh. Annabelle's having real problems with her internet, isn't she? Annabelle, do we have you? crumbs all right um well let, let's hope that she's she's going to be back again uh soon um i'm going to go on uh thank you for that uh Stephen, for that question if you have um if, who, who has a question who has another question uh hello megan eliza scott um all right kerry warbis right um we're going to unmute you you shouldn't have been muted in the first place that was rather rude of me um so kerry uh kerry uh how are you how are you 
I'm good. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not too bad. Um, how does it feel to be co-hosting uh, Dumpty Dum? Well, you know, it happened very gradually, kind of, you know, out of the blue, really. Guested for one time, and then a slot became available. So yeah, I'm I'm really really enjoying it. Thank you for having me. Well, well, I'm sorry. I've had to change rooms and venues. I'm now in my son's bedroom because the internet is playing up where it was before. I'm so sorry. Well, we've got uh, Kerry here, uh, Annabelle. She wants to ask you a question. Okay. Hi, Annabelle. Hi, Kerry. Uh, hi. Uh, I wondered what advice you might give to Natasha. Oh, God. Oh, my word. Well, I don't know because Tom is just a different person almost with Natasha. I don't know. He's so, she's such a different person because I don't think Natasha would ever take advice from Kirsty. I think that Natasha just rules That's the true. research. She plows on. She's, I don't think Kirsty would ever give advice apart from just don't believe you. Because I mean, Kirsty was so, so shocked. It came from nowhere to her, him mm. dumping at the altar. So I, I think Kirsty with Tom would think, you just never know what Tom could do next. That would be her advice, which isn't really advice. But I think at the moment Tom is smitten, and that and that's it. But um, yeah. I, I think I don't. I think Kirsty's lost. Was lost for words. She just she still probably can't fathom it out why he did what he did. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of love for you on the Twitters and, and people saying, oh, come on, make something good happen for Kirsty. We don't want this awful thing around the corner. So I wondered um, if you could write a storyline for Kirsty, what what would it be? Oh, gosh. Well, you want her to find happiness and you want her to find love with someone. And I re I would love her to have a child because I, I, that's the one thing that I sort of struggled with with this storyline with Philip because I thought she so obviously told him that she wanted a baby when yeah. when that when she was there with Lexi and we really saw how broody she was and I I I myself Annabelle was frustrated that she just sort of let that go and I can't believe for a minute that's going to go away and there is still time for her to have a baby so I'd I think she she wants that so badly that I'm hoping that does happen in the future on the other hand, you don't want her to be sort of happily married and have a baby and it all to be lovely because then you just won't get any good storylines anymore. <laughs> and even though I know people think, oh, God, the script writers must have it in for her. She has all these terrible things happen to her. It makes for good drama and it's more fun as an actor. But I would love her to have, you know, I'd like this to be a second generation of Kirsties. Yes. Yeah, uh, agree. <laughs> I thoroughly agree as well. Though um, I have to quickly say that on YouTube, Dr. Overton says that uh, Kirsty's weakness is her choice in partners. That's actually uh, that is true. That is very true. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that on YouTube. And the other thing is, when you said that Tom is a different person with Natasha, you were you were right. It's a different actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How? How does it feel? How, how does it feel um, playing, op you know, opposite another actor playing such a central character to the development of Kirsty? How how's that actually been? Oh, it's fine now. It's fine. I mean, I think at the beginning you just it wasn't at the end of the day. Kirsty's the same. I have to play Kirsty the same. It's more that you feel for the other actor because you think 
they haven't got all the history of doing all those scenes we I did with the other Tom, so they don't have that knowledge of what it felt like for us to play that other storyline. So actually, for me, it was fine. I just act the same way I would and react to him the way he's act, what he's giving me with his performance. But you know, of course, it you have to get used to it the new actor but we've had lots of that in the archers so we're sort of used to it <laughs> but before i come back on to on to kerry just on that though i kind of think there's some characters that you just couldn't actually replace i know what you mean yeah i mean like, you could say linda snell would be a tough one to replace yeah yeah you just couldn't yeah there are do... some yeah no um, yeah it couldn't replace kirsty could they Oh, I hope not. They better flipping hadn't. Kerry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you got another question? Um, I think we should throw it open, really, because there's always, you know, people with their hands waving, and I've had two already. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm coming out, coming over to you, dumpty dummers. Uh, Christina's just playing with her hair. Um, hello, Keith Flett, Ambridge Social. If you've got a question, now is your time to wave your, a pinky in the air and I will come to you. So I'm going through the mass dumpty dummers. Um, all right, Rosie, your questions are always so blooming good, Rosie. Right, mm -hmm. I think uh, you're trying to make me redundant on, on my own podcast. You know, you're going you go, you're gunning for, for my role. Uh, Rosie, uh, your, your, your time is up. Uh, not your time is up. Your time is ready. Go, go for it. <laughs> Ask your question. You're so slick, Royfield. It's amazing. Hardly. hardly. Must be your years of professionalism in the podcasting. You know what? You best stop. <laughs> Go on. So, um, Annabelle, lovely to see you, and thanks so much for um, keeping Kirsty with us oh. for many years. And um, my my question is, in terms of kind of Kirsty's future economic self sufficiency, mm -hmm. is there an opportunity for her? Because obviously, you know there will be um, a big, you know, cataclysmic, nightmarish relationship breakdown, hopefully with joy coming in to support Kirsty. Well, well, yes. When potentially bottles get thrown, etc. But <laughs> I was just thinking about kind of a happier future for Kirsty could involve her maybe running her own wildlife sanctuary with Patrick from the Wildlife Trust. I know, I mean, is where there an is Patrick? For well, I'm sensing that kind of because because Kirsty's now you know getting on the old, you know on the old Zoom meetings, having her virtual hen parties. Maybe she could get Patrick on the WhatsApp and then start thinking about some future creative career options. Because well, yes, I think it's good. I was delighted when they did give her the job at the Wildlife Trust because for years I've been saying you know to some of the directors and. Sort of, come on, we've got to get her back with her eco-warrior rooms. With her. She's an environmentalist. She wouldn't be happy just sat in, you know, the hotel the whole time at the leisure centre. And I'm glad they've kept her there because it gives her the interaction with Linda and some of the other great characters I love. But I'm so pleased that it's got her back outdoors and with wildlife. And um, so, yes, I would love a more senior role in the Wildlife Trust. So maybe we can make that happen and bring Patrick back. As far as I can remember, there's been two actors playing Patrick, and I think they only, they only had like two episodes each. So maybe we should get him back. I think so. I'm sensing kind of co-directors of a new rescue centre. That would be good. I mean, she's going to need rescuing herself for a bit, let's face it, but let's hope wildlife can play a part in that. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be brilliant, though? 
Right. Far be it from me to condone modern day slavery. Wouldn't it be awesome if the script writers could have us to believe that you could so compromise all of your ethics, at least for a time, <laughs> and to go with it? It'd be like Ozark or Breaking Bad. I know. It would be. Oh, my word. It would be Ozark. I mean, I love that. I would love to play that part in Ozark. Yeah, it would be like that. It would be the ambridge of Ozark. Yes. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, is it? Let's face it. Um, but that, yeah, it won't happen. But I just hope she explodes. That's what I was saying when I was my internet went before. That when Jeremy Howe told me this, I said, please, please, can we hear Kirsty explode? Can we hear her at her most glorious? So I really hope that happens. But, you know, I have no say. I have no say. I don't know. Maybe they'll make a very understanding of Philip. He'll be able to persuade her that he was doing it because he thought he was helping people out and giving them a home. Who knows? I, I really do not know. I'm not, I'm not well, just saying that. I have no idea. I, I must admit that if they could pull that off scriptwriting-wise, I would be, you know, I'd be applauding from the rooftops. I don't think it can be done, but it'd be great for them to... It would attend. be great for a bit, yeah. Uh, Right, so any other questions? Wave now. All right, Glyn, full of love. It's my um, it's my surrogate dad, even though <laughs> you're only a few years older than Glyn. Uh, can go. you hear me okay? Because I'm outside. Yes, we can. Okay, so Ambridge has just been a place of misery for Kirsty. I mean, you remind us tonight that Sam Batten had two-timed you even before, well, after Tom did. So you were two-timed, you've been jilted, you've been... You've had a miscarriage. You've swam in a polluted river. The guy who polluted the river came and lived next door to you. Why is Kirsty still in Ambridge? I mean, with that so much misery, anyone else would have gone years ago. Why is she you know, still there? They need her for the village show. The Christmas show can't survive without Kirsty. She's one of their best actors, please. You know, Canterbury Tales, Calendar Girl, she did all the GNS. She's a, you know, that is why, that is it. They need her at Christmas. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, frankly, there's not many people that would still be there. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I think she likes a drama. She likes a trauma and she gets through it. And then the script writers just wait to give her another one. I feel guilty about asking the question because it's feeding your paranoia as an actor, but, you know. Oh, stop, <laughs> I think stop. The question no, all no, 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 please, no. They're not going to kill her off, are they? <laughs> oh, dear. Philip, question, Glyn. All right, so let, let's go back. Who else has got a question for Annabelle? All right, Mia Fox over there in Newcastle land. Uh, you are up. Go for me. Un un unmute yourself. There you go. Hi there, Annabelle. Thanks for joining us. Um, Hello. We. I just need to put my hair on. We obviously completely love Krusty, as we like to refer uh, to her. Um, she was brilliant. Uh, the character was brilliant with Helen during the uh, the Rob situation, and she could start spotting things that were going on. And she was that tough friend for Helen. She's obviously a little bit blind to Philip, and you've articulated why she's kind of allowed him into her life. He was older, stable, etc. Um, I think Helen's going to be the one to start spotting things about Philip. And if she does, do you think Kirsty would actually listen to her? I don't know if it will be Helen. Um, I mean, Helen was there at that dinner party, wasn't she, when they had that rather uncle, awkward uncle conversation. And it's yeah. Roy, it's Roy who uh, 
you know, has had his suspicions or some doubts, I think. I don't know. I mean, I think if Helen, if Helen did speak to her, she would listen. I think Helen, now that she's happy um, with Lee, it's not like, you know, Helen has no reason to want Kirsty to be, Helen's desperate for Kirsty to be happy. So maybe Helen's equally as blind at the moment. I think she is. Maybe. She's not picking up on anything. I don't know. I think it might be. I mean, I'm speculating here because I don't, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen the next scripts I'm recording. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, sorry, carry on. No, I just think I'm, I'm very excited actually to see how it's all going to come out and how, how yeah, how she's going to find out who's going to, you know, provide the evidence or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Well, maybe we'll get another Kirsty spring. That would be kind of cool. I think we'll have to get we'll get some sort of outrage noise, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. That, thank you, Mia. Uh, again, back onto YouTube because they're chatting away on YouTube. Matthew Weir says it will be Kirsty herself with her left-leaning human rights instincts who will free the slaves herself. And then Dr. Oberton says, "Oh, I like that." Uh, and then uh, Kevin Levery says, very good point. It certainly won't be PC Burns, will it? He's <laughs> I don't think it will be him. No, no. He'll be rescuing another llama or something, you know. To, to, be, to be fair to old Harrison Burns, um, there was the scene just before lockdown where Gavin, uh, his cricket practice and Gavin Moss was obviously really good. And everybody's saying, well, we should get him for the for the Ambridge cricket team. And Harrison Burns said, mm, no, and used the excuse that he's not a permanent resident of the village. So that could be a clue, everybody, that maybe um, Harrison in his investigations is, uh, has worked out a little bit more that, than we all think. But that's just purely me um, speculating. I've only ever got one storyline right in six years of analysing the archers. So what can ah. I um, right, another question, folks. Um, wave now, whilst we have uh, our Annabelle um, ready uh, ready to answer your questions. By the way, I've got to say hello, Lillian. Um, I can see, see you there. I'm waving back to you. Um, shame there's no pitch around uh, this week, but it's so glad that my descriptions of the pictures mean that you can actually now fully join in, even though you're not sighted. So uh, thank you for pointing out I should be more descriptive. Uh, do we have any more questions? I'm going on to the third screen. Oh, Jan Mitchell over there in British Columbia in Canada. Uh, it's your time. There you go, Jan. Hi. Um... Hi, Annabelle. It's uh, great to have you uh, with us, and I've really been enjoying uh, all the talk today. Um, uh, do you think that Christy will believe that Philip has done these things? Like, at first, will she will she pretty much be in denial, or do you think that she'll have uh, accept the truth when she hears it i i think she'll be in denial i think you're i, I think what you're insinuating there that she won't believe is, is totally right i mean it's just so left field at the moment for her there's nothing and and also it's it's not something we generally hear about or hear anyone we know doing so it's so foreign mm. and i i think she, i i i think it's going to take a long time for her to get her head around it. i think she'll be in denial at first and then 
if she does meet the slaves, if she does find them, I just think she's not going to understand. And I don't, yeah, I think it's going to take a very long time and it's going to have a huge effect on her and on her confidence, on her self-belief in her being just, you know, it not being able to see the truth. I think it's going to, it's awful. Actually, I can't imagine how it's going to affect her. You just think it's going to take a yeah. long time to get over this one. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you, Jan Mitchell. So, um, we've talked about Annabelle GM crops. That's how you kind of came in. You were saddled with uh, Tom Mark One. Um, then you went <laughs> off with Sam. Then you know, Sam... you, you know, you know, you've forgotten, and I, I don't know if it was before Sam or after Chabba. Was Chabba after Chabba the Hungarian? Was he not before Sam? Chabba, he was a farmhand. No one else remember I Chabba. Had, I had completely forgotten all you of see, that. your quiz question. I'm not. I think Chabba should have been a, one of the multiple choice there. So much for me and my, <laughs> and my research. Because you know what, you're completely right. Because I used to when Chabba came on, I used to go Chabba. You know, you know, it was like yeah, you know, I'd forgotten all about him. Yeah. And we used to laugh because he was properly Hungarian. He was a Hungarian actor. Mm. I think he was the only Hungarian actor in Spotlight, what the actors sort of catalogue. I think the BBC had just sort of, you know, Googled Spotlight, search Hungarian actor to get the proper Hungarian actor. And this guy, this lovely actor turned up who spoke the Queen's English sort of better than I did. He didn't really sound <laughs> Hungarian at all. But he was a very nice guy. I've not seen him since. <laughs> 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 you obviously with the career that you have and you want to remain part of, of Ambridge, a part of the Archers. You don't want to go in any time soon. But there's been some kind of speculation, speculation. With, with, with us listeners that you've been burnt with Tom not once but twice, spectacularly the second time. Um, there's going to be there is no way this can end well with Philip. No way. Are we going to end up with uh, a Kirsty that just forgoes men, that basically just says, I don't need um, somebody else to complete me and will be like um, a dame matriarch in the village a la Marjorie Antrobus. Like, don't need a man, whatever, but you're there, you know, your presence is very forceful. I think she might go through that stage. I think she will naturally want to be on her own. Think I, you know, I do not want need a man in my life. I'm independent. I'm okay without it. They have brought me no. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing good to come out of any of her relationships. Uh, you know, it, once this comes out. However, you know, Kirsty's a passionate woman. She's fun. She likes to cohabit. She likes to share life with someone else. I think she'll have her head turned by someone else eventually. I hope she does. I hope she does. I don't want her to be on her own. Roy Tucker. You need a dynamic lover like Roy Tucker, don't oh, you? You see, I love that. I love Kirsty and Roy's friendship. And Ian, you had Ian ask me, but we always say we love having scenes together. I love acting with him. He's a great actor and it's really natural, their friendship. And, and the scripts are very natural for them. And we always say we don't want anything to happen because we just love their brotherly, sisterly friendship. It's very platonic. It's very sibling-like. And I really like that. And I love that he's become, you know, a proper best friend to her. So, I do, yeah, I don't want that to be... It's got to be someone else. I don't know who yet. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe they should import another in Hungarian in. <laughs> Maybe. Get old Chabba back. 
<laughs> All right, folks, uh, we're starting to wind things down. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go back on to um, gallery view. Um, is there anybody who'd like to ask one last question? Hello, Melly, over there in Scotland, waving at you. Francesca Word Salad is over there in um, Cardiff. He's waving. Do you have a question, Melly? You do? All right, brilliant. You're up. If I haven't unmuted you, go and unmute yourself. You yep, done it myself. We're cool. So, Kirsty, if you've listened to Dumpty Dum, we just feel like she gets a terrible, terrible deal. But you have been Kirsty for longer than I've been listening to the Archers. Are you comfortable with Kirsty getting a raw deal for you to keep getting to be Kirsty? Because she really, really does take the flack. He does. Actress, the, you know, actor, sorry, that's correct. But when you said 21 years, I'd been listening for maybe maybe 13, and it hadn't occurred to me that you had been there so much, so much longer. So Kirsty yeah. must be totally part of you, but they really give her a bum deal. Well, they do, but then for years with Tom, she was with Tom for 15 years, and there was a lot of, there were a lot of good times in those years as well. Um, and she's had... You know, she's had her friendship with Roy and then Lexi, and she always has fun with the Christmas shows. But yeah, there's been a lot of big, life-changing, damaging events. Um, so she does get... I mean, yeah, I can't deny it. She gets a rough deal in life. and uh, But she is a bit of a survivor. And well, she's a, she's, a, yeah, she's got an inner strength. And as a lot, I just... I suppose I am... I just don't know how this is going to span out, this storyline. We just don't know. I... It, this is going to affect her, I think, more than more than Tom in a way. Because yeah, it's going to affect her morals more. I think her morals, everything, just how she was so blind to it. How it just you know, it's one thing with Tom, him having a sort of crisis himself and needing to just get away and sort himself out, but to to discover this double identity in your partner, I just cannot imagine how she's going to, you know, get her head around that and and get through it. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I do not know. I mean, I imagine Philip, because the thing is, Philip, it, it sounds weird for me to say this now, but he is, has always seemed to her a very good man. And that's why it's going to be so hard for her to see this other side to him. And he's, he, he believes he is a good man. He thinks he's doing something to help these guys. And so he'll be trying to convince her of that for a long time. So it's going to be very difficult and very interesting to see how she works it all out mentally and how she survives. Can I throw in a quick other question? It's something you just said a few minutes ago about Kirsty and Roy in a real kind of brotherly sister relationship. That's totally not how I've interpreted it. I really? interpreted it as Roy is idealising Kirsty and Kirsty has no interest in Roy, so it's blasey, blasey, it's fine, but that Roy, every time he says her name, it's just got this this question to it. Well, I think, yes. I think, well, I know what you mean. And it could be that in the few, it is one of those friendships where they suddenly realise, you know, it's so obvious we should be together. It, I mean, they could take it that way. I think Roy adores. I mean, Roy was the one who was there when when she miscarried. And, you know, he was he rang the hospital and took her there. They've been through so much together. Uh, and I don't think Kirsty's ever been attracted to Roy. But you just, you don't know, do you? Well, yeah. Lizzie wasn't attractive to him before the exactly. incident. Exactly, exactly. Uh, thank you for answering that. I appreciate it. 
Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Melly. Um, just, just the last of uh, the points over on, on the YouTubes. Uh, DR Oberton says, um, I like the idea of Kirsty discovering Philip's uh, foible, uh, foibles for, for the slave trade. Um, you know what they need to do? They need to have a statue of Philip Moss in the middle of Ambridge <laughs> on the Philip. So it's going to be toppled. I'll put my knee on his Oh, knee. my word. You. you won't be able to breathe, I tell you. Oh, anyway. my God. And then Kevin uh, Levy uh, says um, he likes that idea. So do I. With her credible, believable ethics from GM crops to anti-hunting pro-wildlife, she's one of the most credible, believable characters in The Archers. I never understood um, when you got with, not with you, and Kirsty got with Philip, that the fact that he was, he went on the hunt. I was like, Kirsty was yeah. put up for that, but I, I'm going to let that one go. I think that was yeah. a mistake. Let's let it go and let's yeah. I, 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 let's let it go. And actually, it's not really been mentioned since, has it? He's not been hunting for a while. Mm. So, yeah, I think that was, they were introduced to each other with their contradictory opinions at yes. the, the town meeting, the village meeting, but that, that was it, yeah. Uh, Kevin ends up by saying um, she's one of the most credible, believable characters in the Archers. We all love Kirsty, and you know, you uh, Kirsty's a Kirsty Miller is a fan. Oh, well, that's very nice. I mean, no, I'm, I know some people don't like her, but then we all have oh. that. So. No nonsense. Um, speaking to Graham Seed um, a couple of weeks ago, he said he was really, you know, he said I've played this role for twenty-eight years, and interestingly, he said. Um, when he first joined the cast of the uh, of the app, joined the cast of the Archers, sorry, you could, as an actor, say to the producer, to, to William Smethurst, mm, I don't think my character would say this, do that, and occasionally go, I think mm. you're right. And also, he not that he had um, a hand in future storylines, but like he could actually say, well, how about if. I get with Lizzie as opposed to Shula. You know, that was kind of great. Williams like, mm, I, I like that. Um, do you think, and I'm being a little bit naughty here, this is the very last question. Do you think that, considering that, you know, producers come and go, writers are a little bit more of a stable bunch, but they do change that senior actors and i'm saying you're one of those now because you've been there for 20 odd years should have a little bit more input out of the old days because you you know you wake up and sleep with the character like nobody else it's a tricky one because the cast is much bigger now than, than when graham was you know when graham started much bigger and so if they if they invited us to offer ideas i think they'd just be inundated by all these actors going, well, I think my character should do this, and I think I would do this, and I would never do that, and they would, it would just be too much. I mean, I've mentioned the odd thing, you know, Christmas drinks, I've sort of had a word in the ear of um, one of the writers, um, and I think it's because I'm comfortable there, and I love working there, and I know all the directors. You don't get to see the writers a lot, by the way. You hardly ever see the writers, but the directors, I, you know, I, you sometimes try and eke a bit of information out of them, and they, they don't give away much. I mean, although I said to Jeremy, I already said, I did say to Jeremy early on with Philip, I said, is she, do you think, I think I asked him, because I said, I think it was the first scene that Kirsty was saying, I love you to Philip. And I said to Jeremy, I've not actually been in it the last few months. And I don't know, you know, I haven't, we haven't had that many episodes on air with Philip. And suddenly I'm saying, I love you. Do you want to sound like she means it? Does she mean it? 
because I don't know if she does or not. I didn't, I genuinely didn't know because I hadn't had enough episodes to sort of explore the relationship. And he went, yeah, yeah. And I said, but she does want to have children. And Philip is a lot older. And he went, yeah, yeah, so what? So what? You know, Brian Aldridge, he had uh, Rory when he was older. And so he just said, you know, uh, it might not be the most passionate relationship in the world. Uh, It's not Tom and Natasha, the the way they started. But he, she does genuinely love Philip. And and I think Philip just adores her. I I think that's one thing about Philip. You know, even though he's got this other thing going on and there's obviously this darker side to him, I think he genuinely, genuinely adores Kirsty and loves her. And, and 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 she feels that. Otherwise, I don't think there's got to be some truth to their relationship. Amen to that, sister. Very, very, very last uh, point question. Uh, this is from, from the YouTube. It's from Fads44. He says, you're coming from the fine city of Liverpool. Southport, isn't it? Did I Formby. remember? Formby, actually, Royfield. Oh, sorry. sorry. In between Southport and Liverpool, yeah. Merseyside, Merseyside. Right. Coming from the fine area of Merseyside, he says, is Annabelle red or blue? Oh, God, red! Red! <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone else celebrating from last night? Well, g- congratulations then. <laughs> Not that I saw the match. We don't have Sky or whatever you needed. I saw the highlights, the match of the day. That was it. It's all you yeah, need. All my you family need. are pure red. Yeah. 30 years of hurt are over. All yeah. right, so, <laughs> folks, it's on to uh, the uh, Annabel Dowler quiz and we're going to get we're going to rattle through these questions now i'm presuming well not presuming here's the thing which i didn't quite say before annabelle every uh every archer's actor who we've had on has got all of their questions right apart from ian oh ian got a couple of them wrong right Right. so so let's hope that you're going to be um all correct here then shall we so first question right and you're going to answer them okay Thirsty not worked. A Jack's Bar, B Ambridge Organics, C the Village Shop. C the Village Shop. Boom, one for one. We like that. What year were Tom and Kirsty arrested for crop damage? Was it 1999, 2005, or 2010? 1999. Yeah, and we've said this kind of so many times, like 21 years in the show. Yeah. So, um, right, after your first breakup from Tom, other than Shabba, um, who did Kirsty date? Was it Sam Batten, Jazza McCreary, or Christopher Carter? Well, it was Shabba, but anyway, Sam. Out of that list, Sam. Out of that oh. list, yeah, okay. All right. Well done, you're three for three. Oh, you've, wow. you've now matched with Ian, right? So, come on. This one to beat Roy. him. What year did Tom first jilt Kirsty? Was it 2005, 2010, or 2015? I'm going to say 2005. You are correct. And then the last question is after Kirsty's gut wrenching scream oh. at the altar, what? did Joe Grundy say at the end of that episode, I knew it would never last, but B, that scream could be remixed into a cheesy dance hit, or C, where are we going to get our dinner now? Where are we going to get our dinner now? (laughs) That is it, five for five, well done. You got bragging rights over Ian, well (laughs) done, Annabelle. Now, I'm I'm going on to speak of you. Um... 
did anybody get all five of those right? Right. So Claire Asprey did. Daniel Quirk did. Um, who else? Um, Steve, you did also. I'm just going to go into the other screen. I'm going to go back. Oh, Carolyn Cooper. I'm going to come to you. Unmute yourself there, Carolyn. Sarah Spielberg. You keep doing this to me. <laughs> well, you, you, you've got you got these all correct. We've got to give you a moment. Yeah, shame there wasn't any pictures. I'm terrible at name. that. I don't know what happened. I think what we'll, I'm going to have to do is maybe put the picture round questions up on Twitter later. But I've done them, but it just Zoom won't share them. I'm afraid. But Carolyn, you don't win anything other than the opportunity to say you got all the questions right. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> Anybody else get all those questions right whose name I haven't mentioned? Lillian, you got them all right. Props to you, Lillian. And I'm coming back. Oh, Sarah, Scarlet Sparrow and Glyn Fuller Love. All right, Scarlet Sparrow, uh, we need to speak to you. Um, there you go, Scarlet Sparrow. Have you unmuted yourself? Hi. Hello. There you go. There you go. Big ups to you, Scarlet Sparrow. How long have you been listening to the Archers? Uh, forever. <laughs> yes. What, I think I'm, I'm a Marjorie Antropus. So. You're an Antropus just like me. Yeah. So mid 80s, mid 80s. Yes. Right. And Long time. Who, who is your favourite soon to kick their soon to be husband in the Knackers character in the Archers? <laughs> It is Kirsty. It has always been Kirsty since she arrived. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Very excited tonight. Oh, thank you. Well, I think, folks, um, that's been us um, on a Friday evening. Sunny's out in Birmingham. It is sweltering. It is sweltering here. I, I've got sweated by the minute. I do apologise. <laughs> Well, you can see that I'm glowing here. Um, it's that time when we have to put our hands together and give our Annabelle Dale a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And this episode will go up on YouTube. Uh, we'll go up on YouTube um, immediately and um, I will also put this out as a podcast and I've had to mute everybody. Um, Annabelle, thank you uh, for spending your your Friday evening with us. And, thank you. Uh, you know what? You don't need a man. You don't, you don't, <laughs> need, you don't need a man. She doesn't need a man. She doesn't need a man. You don't. You don't. You know, man. kick him properly in the cobblers when, and it's actually going to be you that's going to find out. And you're not going to hesitate. You're going to like, well, as soon as you find out, you're going to be like, Philip Moss, you're a bastard. And you're going to not. You're right, I hope you're right. Yeah. And then, you know what? You're just like, sisters doing it for themselves. Give it all of that, you know, yeah. in the village. We shall and discuss after. <laughs> Listen, everybody, thank you for being part of Zoom. Next week is our last one. It's going to be Tim Bentink, the original OG of the whole Ambridge shooting match. He's going to be our last one of our Friday Zoom before we go on to Patreon. Really sorry about that. But um, so don't forget, same time, same place, same back channel, Zoom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.